Support for WRFA is brought to you by Quadrant Biosciences, now providing no-cost COVID testing in Chautauqua County. Quadrant Biosciences has partnered with Chautauqua County to provide free COVID testing. For more information on how to schedule an appointment, visit quadrantbiosciences.com slash COVID testing. Support for WRFA is also brought to you by Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union. Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union provides credit union membership to people who live, work, worship, attend school, do business, and any other entities within Chautauqua County. For more information, including how to become a member, call or text 716-665-7000 or visit them on the web at 665-7000.com. You've been listening to Community Matters. Congressman Tom Reed has resumed his weekly media calls and took time this week to discuss the beginning of tax season, his views on mass mandates, and more. Well, I appreciate everybody joining us this week. Um, uh, as we uh, uh, start, before we get to questions, uh, I wanted to highlight uh, the fact that the IRS tax filing uh, season has opened. Um, as many of you are aware, um, January 24th is the first day people can file uh, their tax returns for 2021. And we wanted to make sure that we encourage uh, constituents uh, as you uh, get those returns in as soon as you possibly can uh, to, to file the most accurate return you can use in a, and use electronic file. Um, don't be afraid of it. It is a very effective tool, and it um, uh, allows you to get the quickest uh, filing of your return um, in order to get the refund uh, that many of our constituents are entitled to. Um, that also uh, would mean that I would encourage people to choose direct deposit uh, from the IRS uh, so you don't have to wait on a paper check. Uh, the reason why uh, we're also encouraging people to uh, get their paperwork together and file their returns uh, as soon as possible is the IRS is uh, experiencing a tremendous backlog, um, obviously due to the COVID issues and staffing issues and uh, the new norm uh, that we're looking at in regards to uh, dealing with COVID. Um, the, the IRS has an unprecedented backlog. We had a call uh, with the IRS commissioner uh, yesterday um, discussing these issues, encouraging them uh, to make sure they use all the resources available, try to return to some form, uh, form of normalcy uh, when it comes to staffing uh, levels at the IRS to uh, try to get that backlog uh, for last year's uh, return uh, addressed and uh, up to date. I mean, I would just give you an example. In 2021 alone, uh, our office handled 871 IRS cases um, directly. Uh, that meant we uh, were helping people waiting on returns, uh, helping people get amended returns, helping constituents communicate to the IRS using the Taxpayer Advocate uh, Office as much as we possibly can. And so it, it definitely is a situation where uh, folks in the IRS are under a backlog. And uh, that's why we're encouraging people to take advantage uh, as quick as possible of those resources that are there for people to file their returns uh, in a timely fashion, but also as quick as possible. So you get access to whatever refunds you're entitled to. And then on top of that, uh, we have the child tax credit uh, for 2021 uh, that uh, people uh, likely are still uh, going to receive uh, a payment. Uh, you know, If you recall, we had monthly payments going out. Uh, for the child tax credit as an advance payment, but typically uh, a taxpayer will uh, be entitled uh, in their tax return for one half of that child tax credit uh, that is remaining. 
And then the earned income tax credit is another area we see a lot of folks um, not taking advantage of. And so we would encourage folks to maximize the use of the child tax credit as well as that earned income tax credit uh, that is in the IRS code uh, for people to take advantage advantage of. So uh, that being said, uh, we would end by saying, of course, uh, we stand ready uh, in our office to help any uh, constituent. And uh, we encourage them to reach out if they don't get a resolution from the IRS or if they're just uh, needing uh, a little extra assistance in regards to dealing with the IRS. Uh, that's our number one job is to deal as a constituent advocate uh, for the people we represent. And so uh, take advantage of us. Uh, we're here and uh, we're available uh, to help as best as we possibly can. So why don't we uh, now open it up, Frank, to questions. Okay. We will start with Steve from Finger Lakes Time. Hi, Tom. Hey, Steve. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Uh, just a quick follow-up on the IRS thing. I know I've, I've read a couple of stories about, you know, some of the uh, the issues behind it, but I was wondering, what is your understanding as to what has happened? I know a lot of folks say, you know, the IRS getting involved in all these, you know, in the, in the stimulus checks and all that stuff has really tied them up, but what's your understanding of the background as to why they're in the situation they're in? Yeah, it's... It really, um, I think, stems uh, from the COVID uh, impact. I would uh, say it's the bulk of it in the sense of uh, they had a lot of uh, going to remote, uh, which meant uh, uh, new processes, new uh, policies had to be uh, adopted. So uh, just like everyone else was impacted by COVID, the IRS uh, was no different. Um, The other uh, issue is obviously we were changing tremendous amount of rules, uh, especially like the child tax credit for 2021. And so that, that caused a new um, set of uh, understandings that had to go through the agency for them to get uh, educated on who's eligible, who's not eligible, a lot of confusion on people uh, in regards to uh, their filings and their requests and who was going to uh, be in a position to benefit from those tax changes we made. So a little complexity uh, of the situation on top of just the human resource impact of COVID, and uh, I think that caused this uh, backlog that we're encouraging them and providing them with assistance uh, as much as we possibly can uh, to help them. I know just a follow-up on that is that I've heard yeah. that, you know, that, you know, there's been talk about that they need more resources, that they really don't have enough folks compared to, you know, that going back, I don't know how many years, it's about the same staffing or worse as it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago, but uh, is there any anything on that end in terms of what Congress can do to help them? We've already, uh, we've had that conversation for the 10 years I've been on the Ways and Means Committee that has direct oversight of the committee. And, and I will tell you, uh, one of the things we've encouraged them is to embrace technology. And they have been an agency that, in my humble opinion, could do a much better job at that. And um, and we need to hold them accountable. Before we give them more resources, as I asked the IRS commissioners repeatedly over the years, show me a plan where the customer, the, the citizens, are going to be benefited uh, as a result of the resources you're asking for. And they're very hesitant uh, to do that, and uh, I don't know why. I'll defer to them to answer that question. But bottom line is, is before we just throw resources at it, they got to ask the accountability question, what are you going to do with these resources to make it better for the American people? Thanks, Sam. Yep, thanks. Next, we'll go to Greg Larson. Hey, good morning, Tom. Hey, good morning, Greg. Uh, just uh, one question. Uh, this is regarding uh, Governor Kathy Hochul's uh, mask mandate for New York. I'm sure uh, that you're 
um, up to speed on the situation there with uh, a stay granted yesterday on uh, the mandate and a, a hearing scheduled for Friday. Uh, uh, your thoughts on uh, this situation? Well, you know, obviously I, I respect uh, people's uh, right to uh, choose uh, what they uh, do in regards to their health, and the, the mass mandate is no different. Um, however, I encourage people, uh, you know, that wearing a mask uh, will help in situations, in my humble opinion. Uh, I think mandates uh, are not uh, generally very the most effective tool to get people to um, do mandates and vaccines and things of that nature because by, when you mandate it, you're forcing people as opposed to uh, encourage people, inspire people, educate people, and I think you'll get more compliance uh, if we continue to push down that path rather than focusing on uh, dividing uh, the, the folks uh, between uh, maskers and anti-maskers, for example. So I would encourage folks, and we'll let the court system take its course, uh, but I would encourage people use the mask, uh, but generally I do not support uh, these mandates. Uh, do you think this uh, mandate will uh, eventually uh, get thrown out, or do you think it will be held up, in your opinion? You know, I, I'll defer to the lawyers and the legal analysis, but we, you know, looking at the cases, uh, obviously the court agreed uh, that the mandate should be thrown out, and so there's a legal argument to be had there uh, that uh, will result in the mandates uh, being challenged and being challenged successfully. That being said, I'm all about uh, outcomes and results. That's why I just continue to use this uh, opportunity to encourage people. Uh, get the vaccine, uh, get the booster, and also encourage people to wear the mask uh, when, when appropriate. All right. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, thank you. Now we'll go to Brian O'Neill. Hey, Brian. There. Yeah, on the mask mandate, a uh, follow-up question there to what was just asked. Um, Elise Debonic, uh, the uh, congresswoman uh, ups uh, in uh, northern New York State, so she's uh, helping out uh, parents who are having problems with school districts as far as uh, uh, the kids wearing masks. I'm wondering, did you have any thoughts on that? And do you have any kind of uh, invitation like that to uh, not to start one, but you know, w what are your thoughts there? And you know, are you doing the same thing? Yeah, sure. No, we will obviously always be a, a resource for constituents when they're dealing with issues such as that. Uh, and, and again, I would encourage folks um, to. Uh, wear the mask, wear appropriate, um, and you know, you know all the guidelines now of when, when to wear a mask and not wear a mask. Uh, but also when we're dealing with children, uh, look at the data, look at the science. Um, they're generally, especially in the school setting, they're in a very safe setting, very safe uh, environment. And uh, you know that uh, eight-hour or you know six-hour uh, mandate on a child uh, is something we have to balance. And so I would just encourage people, we're here uh, to assist uh, as much as we possibly can. Uh, but I do encourage people uh, to uh, wear the mask and consider the vaccine uh, of their own choosing. Thank you. Next, we'll go to Lucas Day from Finger Lakes Radio Group. Congressman, that was my question, so uh, I'm all set for this week. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Lucas. Next, we will go to, let's see, Justin Gould. Hey, good morning, Congressman. Uh, my question would be about uh, the uh, New York's process to uh, redistrict. Um, I actually just talked uh, to a, a close uh, friend of yours, Senator Borello, this morning. Um, and, and at this point, he says it seems like it's a stalled process in Albany. I, I know you're leaving um, the, the seat uh, this fall. 
um, following the election and in the next year. But um, for you, looking at the process now, um, where where do we go from here? Um, as the state, it seems like they're just playing politics in, in many cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so as I said uh, multiple times before, uh, I saw in Albany uh, the hypocrisy of the Democratic Party, uh, who is in complete control, uh, is on full display. Uh, they are going to gerrymander uh, these districts uh, to benefit uh, their House of Representative numbers as best they possibly can. And they're going to drive it all because of politics, not because of anything else, not because of doing what's right and what they uh, agreed to under the you know the bipartisan uh, independent commission uh, reforms. Uh, they're just going to ignore it. They're they're going to be hypocritical and they're going to uh, use their pulpit as the Democratic Party to carry out uh, their political agenda. Uh, that being said, uh, it's wrong. Uh, I've been a proponent and supporter of uh, non-gerrymandering uh, in regards to uh, um, uh, the, the process, uh, but uh, Albany's going to do it, and they make no bones about it. You know, I've seen Governor Hopeful talk about it publicly. I've seen uh, party chairs talk about it publicly, and the elected officials in Albany talk about it publicly um, in a very hypocritical way. It's just wrong. It seems like it's a double standard almost. Does does this, in the end, hurt the voter? Uh, yeah, uh, that's why uh, generally I'm a sub- uh, stood uh, for stood in front of the Supreme Court in a bipartisan way to call for the end of gerrymandering. And uh, I think ge- uh, the end of gerrymandering on both sides of the aisle is a good policy that puts the American people first and takes uh, uh, the uh, po- uh, politics of extremism as best we possibly can out of the situation. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. Next, we'll go to Jerry from the Buffalo News. Hey, Tom. How are you doing? Good. Doing well, Jerry. Good, good. I wanted to ask you about uh, something that's gone kind of unnoticed, but I think is important to your district and a lot of districts, and that is the rather massive uh, increase in funding for LIHEAP uh, over the past year. Um, there were two big boosts in uh, legislation you did not support, but there was yet another boost in the infrastructure bill. Um, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, what kind of impact that's going to have in your district and what you would suggest to people. With that much money, I'm just wondering if there might be more people eligible, more people getting more help than they've gotten in the past. So what are your thoughts on all of that? Uh, great question. And obviously, as we deal uh, with the western uh, New York uh, weather and uh, the, the frigid temperatures, uh, these utility bills uh, are going to continue to be pressured to go up, and as, as overall cost and inflation kick in, uh, you're seeing these utility costs go through the roof um, from where they traditionally uh, have been. And so uh, I would encourage people to take advantage of the light heat program. That's the low-income heating assistance program, and um, we have tried to promote that as best we can. You know, today we led with the IRS and uh, the children tax credit and the earned income tax credit, uh, but there's a lot of money on the table that I would encourage people to take advantage of it. It's for those that are uh, struggling uh, in the low-income brackets, and uh, the money is there. And like you said, in the infrastructure bill we supported, uh, there was additional money there uh, for it, given the conditions and the state of where people are with all the other increasing costs going through the roof. Uh, this is a resource that shouldn't be left uh, unintended. Okay. Um, unrelated question. I just wanted to get your take on what's uh, going on uh, with Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, uh, very. Uh, we're watching it very closely, like everyone else. Um, you know, I uh, am very concerned 
uh, when you send conflicting messages uh, from the White House, uh, like has been done with President Biden, uh, it causes uh, a lot of the, uh, anxiety. And the worst-case scenario is a miscalculation. And uh, I'm appreciative that the administration and uh, those in Congress have united in a clear voice here recently that says, if Russia acts, there will be severe consequences uh, to it. Uh, but we should never have been in a position of ambiguity uh, when it comes to that. We are united, I believe, uh, as a nation, that the aggression of Russia uh, into Ukraine uh, needs to be held in check uh, because our allies are watching us closely. And also, uh, the big uh, uh, country that I'm always keeping an eye on is China. China is watching this very close. And uh, don't be surprised if what happens in Ukraine uh, spills over to the South China Sea and Taiwan. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. We'll go to Terry Frank. Yes, good morning, Tom. Hey, good morning, Terry. I wanted to uh, ask a question regarding the Fed. I know that uh, they're meeting today, as I understand it, and uh, they're going to be talking about interest rates. There's been a lot of talk about them raising those rates to kind of cool the economy down a little bit. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are you hearing there on uh, Capitol Hill? Yeah, there's growing pressure uh, to recognize that interest rates are, are likely to go up, uh, given the fact that uh, of the inflationary pressure that's building, and it's going from transitory to more of a permanent uh, nature. And so I wouldn't be surprised if interest rates uh, are raised here as the Federal Reserve goes through its process. That being said, um, we have to be reg- uh, cognizant of the fact that uh, that traditional tool in the toolbox of raising interest rates to, uh, to control inflation is a very limited tool now, given the national debt crisis of $30 trillion in national debt. You raise interest rates, uh, that ripple effect, uh, it will crush uh, the American taxpayer uh, because we're going to have to pay higher interest rates on our debt. Um, and that national debt is the problem I've been climbing from the mountaintops on. And now we're going to find ourselves into this uh, box uh, that they're going to have to try to get creative. I, I'm anticipating the Federal Reserve trying to create new um, ways to control uh, inflation outside of uh, uh, interest rates. You know, that's where like quantitative easing and anti-quantitative easing, all those discussions uh, come into the mix, but uh, they're playing with fire uh, when you get to a $30 trillion debt load like we are uh, in America. How much of an interest rate increase are they looking at? You know, I've heard different reports, uh, you know, a quarter, you know, point, a point, you know, but I'll let the Federal Reserve um, you know, deal with that, and it's uh, not going to be a significant uh, rate increase. I think they're going to try to get that Goldilocks uh, scenario of doing it, but um, doing it in a way that's uh, not too hot, not too cold, and just uh, try to be Goldilocks and be just right. There you go. Thank you, Tom. All right. Thanks, Terry. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Really appreciate uh, you guys tuning in. We'll see you next week. That was Congressman Tom Reed.